And as you can imagine, there was a lot of and like, like stuff like, ah, like, uh, you know, stuff like that. Where, <laughs> um, so, yeah, shink. Yeah. More. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we need to do ventriloquism. <laughs> Nerd On. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve. Where all levels of nerd are welcome. Yeah, you are. Today is an interesting day because we are actually changing up our format in ways that we've never done before. You are seeing the first episode in a series of episodes where seeing and hearing for those audio listeners, uh, where we're going to go around the table in this first trilogy and actually go around our table and ask each other our thoughts and our opinions and our processes around uh, our, our craft. And, and that typically revolves around the filmmaking industry. Um, and, and if it kind of evolves into something more, we do have ideas and plans, uh, and we hope that you guys uh, enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I mean, to kind of further just explanation, we have had audience members ask us about our crafts and the mm-hmm. things that we right. do. And we dabbled uh, when we first started this show. Way back in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, we did a um, creators on creating, and it was it was a roundtable of the four of us at the time explaining the things that we do, and it wasn't as in depth yes. as no. what we planned to do with this series. It was a summary, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we didn't get to go into detail, and we still get questions about, like for me, audio mm-hmm. stuff like that, uh, writing, directing, show running, and stuff like that. So. So here we are. Here we are. Today, our first episode of Nerds Explained. Today's topic is post-production audio. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so uh, the subject of today's episode is going to be Josh. And Corey and I are going to take turns asking him questions and uh, and, and getting uh, to pick his Who brain. does number two work for? That's my first <laughs> question. All right. Um, but yes, Dr. Let's, Evil. let's introduce yeah. the host. My name is Tom. I'm Corey. And I am Josh. And... This episode is brought to you in part by the members of the Nerdon Nation that is powered by Patreon. Patreon. As a member of the Nerdon Nation, you do get fun perks. Like you get bonus episodes like our Nerdon Extra, the Nerdon Minute, even the Capeless Crusaders do the Capeless Extra. Mm-hmm. So bonus episodes. You don't get to month. hear anywhere else. Yeah, just you. You also get early access to these episodes. You get uh, early access to our merch. You get access to channels on our Discord that only you get access to. You get the Nerd on Nudge for our other weekly show, the Nerd on Update. There's a lot of fun perks, including getting to support us and uh, growing and being able to do this more because this is what we love to do. We love to be making content for you. That's right. So check that out. Nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. And check out that Discord. Nerdon.tv backslash Discord. A honorable mention to Odyssey, Apogee, and Embody Audio. Embody Audio, 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 Audio. Dope That's companies. Do check them out. Yeah. Uh, but what else, Tom? What other housekeeping do we have? We do have plenty of housekeeping to do. And depending on when this episode comes out, it'll be interesting to hear that there's still some things very spooky to talk about. <laughs> That's true. So do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat <laughs> on Halloween? Because that might have passed by. But you know, it's still pretty spooky to see one. It's probably shaving your balls with anything other than manscaped. That is spooky. Yeah. And when it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins uh, on Halloween or next Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from bite-sized candy bars to king-sized candy bars to and join the 2 million men worldwide going to manscaped.com for 20% off and worldwide free shipping with the promo code NERDON. Hey! Nerd on At manscaped.com. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, this. we have the other copy we use, and I mean, we still have We're not our, out of the weeds yet. Yeah, we still have our weed whacker that we, you know, I think we all enjoy to use more often than not. It's it's interesting as you get older, uh, whether you are uh, identify as man or female or uh, not uh, non uh, non binary non binary. I was gonna say fluid. Um, you you know, hair grows in places. And I'm actually strangely self conscious about my nose hair. So I love the weed whacker. Oh, I, I like it too. I do feel my my bat, you know, crawling out of my nose sometimes, and it <laughs> sucks, and it makes me very really like 
I have to do a semi pick nose to just push my hair back in my nose. And then whenever I see people and their 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 hair is sticking out, I'm like, do I tell them or do I not tell them? Um, <laughs> or I could just tell them to go to manscaped.com, use promo code NerdOn, and get 20% off of the rewind. That's right. Hell That's yeah. right. Mm. And there you have it. There we have it. That is the housekeeping, and I have nothing witty to say. To Let's get, get on with this explanation of an episode. Oh my God, Corey. <laughs> um, well, yeah, uh, you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, this is fun. This is interesting, right? So we're going to talk about post-production audio. So, yes. like, Josh, this is your realm. Oh, okay. And and we get to get a chance to have people uh, listen and learn a little bit more of like your expertise and your perspective when it comes to storytelling and promo. And I think the cool thing about your craft is that it expands outside of just pretty, you know, what I think people, a lot of people talk about is like narrative storytelling structure. Cause I think, you know, we've had uh trailer geeks, uh, teaser geeks and trailer gods. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they talked about the art and craft of making trailers and promos. Yeah. Um, so I kind of briefly want to ask you a little bit of, what do you think is the absolute most important thing in an audio post-production perspective is when it comes to the final mix? Absolute most important thing. Uh, I think I've said this a million times and I'll say it a million and one. Dialogue is king. Uh, yeah. I am... There's a lot of media out there uh, including movies and trailers and whatnot, that dialogue is not king mm-hmm. to them. And I don't think that the audience should walk away going, what did they just say? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with trailers, for me, that's where I'm like even more adamant. Because if a dialogue, if if an SOT, sound on tape, uh, piece of dialogue. What, what is a sound on tape? What would that be? Uh... It's like a, it's just... Uh, it's just a quote from the show, okay, or the the dailies. Oh, so it's like you failed this city or something. Yeah, yeah. like you know promo line. Uh-huh. Um, and when you can't understand those things, like we commented recently on one of our trailer reacts, I commented on um, I think it was the Michael Keaton mixing of his dialogue within that trailer. It was very hard to understand him, and to me, I'm like, well, that that was probably really important, or we we'd want to hear that, or I don't know. So it's it, for me, it's always dialogue is king. Mm-hmm. Uh, and things can be loud around the dialogue because that tends to be the focus of of peeps. I think one of the members of the Nerd on Nation asked, you know, what are, were my thoughts about why does it seem like everything's loud? Mm-hmm. And it's people, there is this weird uh, mental thing that happens that people think it sounds better if it's louder. Mm-hmm. It's a weird mind trick. And uh, oftentimes, sometimes the note that I will get Oftentimes, sometimes that's a uh-huh. oftentimes, yeah. sometimes the note I'll get 60% is, of the time it works yeah. every time. Yeah. Um, what do you make th- it louder? What do you think is like the the processing, what's happening when the dialogue isn't the loudest thing on screen? Like what what do you think the direction is or being told? Why why what, what do you what, what you know, imagine yourself in that room. I mean, it's to give people that are in that are in the chair that are mixing credit. You never know what happens on the delivery. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially like if you watch a trailer in a theater, most likely that trailer was, especially for the bigger movies, probably mixed for like a point one, like, yeah. you know, 20 point Atmos. Like, and you don't know what happened to the delivery file. You don't know where, if channels got mixed up. You don't know, like, you, shit happens. <laughs> Things happen. Uh, could you? Go further elaborate, like channels getting mixed up? How does that... Uh, okay, so when you mix something in 5.1... So stereo is left and right. Mm-hmm. Headphones. Headphones. Right. Uh, and then you have like your ghost center because they work together and there's ghost center. Uh, in it's your 5. brain. Point, it's your brain. Uh, 5.1 literally has things that there are rules, guidelines to follow in terms of dialogue is always center. So when you're listening on something... If you go around and you listen to the speakers, like just go put your ear next to them mm-hmm. and you have a dialogue scene, most likely the dialogue is only coming out of the center. Mm-hmm. Nothing's very few elements like sound design. Should muddy it. Should muddy it. Music. Cars it, it, in the background. Yeah, exactly. Cars. I mean, sometimes things will go into that channel if they're like stereo things. They're going to get in there a little bit. But, you know, dialogue's king. And so with channels, that just mean like when you hear 5.1, that's... That's six channels. That's center, 
front, left, right, back, left, and right, and subwoofer. Those are channels. Um, so yeah, that's you don't you never know what happens. And now when you think of something like that's twenty point two or something like that, that's twenty two tracks that are just the is like this thing. Could it? Could I mean? Could those? You're saying like channels get mixed up. You don't know what happens. Could it be like you know we're like one mixer is working on this and then they leave to go work on another project. Someone else picks uh, up. And I mean, moves like another project file or something like that. Or? I'm sure with mixers at that level, they they have their their shit on lock, mm-hmm. so they know what they're delivering. And I don't I don't want to put anybody on blast. Oh, yeah. We don't we don't. It could even be the um, calibration of the theaters yeah. mm. because they're like like my. My uh, receiver has a calibration process. Like okay. you set up the microphone and it does its whole thing for like 20 minutes. Oh. And it calibrates to where you're sitting in the room. Um, and maybe something happened there. I, I, It's hard to know. And it could just be that people were like, just make it louder. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. Yeah. I, I've been in projects where they're like, just, can you make it louder? I can. Uh, yes. But I, why? Yeah. Because I, it's better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then that's how you end up with all those movies that I have to constantly keep my hand on the remote for because I want to hear what they're saying, but don't want my eardrums blasted out when someone fires a gun or an explosion goes off. Yeah. Well, what I mean, and I think that's very interesting. I think, you know, there is a bigger demographic nowadays that likes to have captions on. And I think that's there's something to do with that because in older films, I don't think that's a thing. I think yeah. in older films, you can watch a film without having captions Also depends on, on the country. Um, I be- uh, Some countries mix louder. They have sure. different standards. Um, there was, I forget when, but it was, I think it was like a decade ago or more, there were loudness standards that were instituted that, because what would happen is that you'd be watching something and a commercial would come on and it was the loudest thing in the world. Yeah. And then it was on purpose because they wanted you to notice. And then everybody was like, no, we we can't do that. That's just like... That's ridiculous. I have been very angry at certain YouTube videos that their opening sequence is louder than their actual video. I'm like, I swear to God, why? Yeah. Um, well, because like TV shows, I know the intros used to be louder because they'd want you to hear it from the other room and be like, oh, that show's on. Ugh. Yeah. So it's it's pretty one. It's pretty much uh, the loudness is the loudness, hmm. uh, which doesn't mean I mean, it doesn't mean that things can't be loud because there there's going to be dialogue scenes that it's like. All right, that's a dialogue scene. And then there's all of a sudden, there's a big sequence and action Looking at you, Tenant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, do you want me to give a little bit of a, because I feel like we're jumping really into yeah, yeah. Like, something uh, deep, like what I do. Yeah, uh, and, and kind of talk about like, uh, I, want, you know, I, want, I want you to give a chance to kind of like share the importance of what you do too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to kind of give like a really brief summary. I Professionally, what I refer to myself as a post-production audio engineer. Uh, mainly an audio mixer. Uh, basically, post-production audio is the collection of elements of like dialogue, foley. Foley is the sound effects that everyday objects mean. Or footsteps. You see when someone breaks a bone in, in the studio, they break a lettuce. Yeah, uh, uh, footsteps or foley. Water a hand dropping. on a doorknob. You hear yeah. that foley. Uh, sound effects like the whoosh and the, the, the sound effects. ADR? ADR is part of dialogue. Oh, um music and you bring those together to create a film a promo i've done audiobooks i've done music mixing and recording podcasts, uh, podcasts short films feature films feature films documentaries award winning documentaries yeah that's award winning podcasts yeah exactly um and really just at the end of the day it's my job is to make it sound good <laughs> no it's so louder yeah <laughs> Uh, I mean, really, it's it's an organi- organizing all of the elements together to make them a sound good, uh, b uh, remove any sort of things that could make it not sound good, and then make it. I just always say make it legal, okay. and it's just making sure that it's at the legal limit of how loud it can be. Uh, my favorite thing. Did not know there is, was a legal limit. Yeah, there are. Uh, it depends on what it's for, like online. Uh, like streaming stuff, like YouTube uh, trailers and whatnot, oftentimes can be louder than stuff that is actually on air. As Tom experienced. Yeah. Or as Marty McFly experienced. In, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so things that are on TV are mixed lower. And even Netflix has different standards. So, I mean, it's it just depends on where it's going. And yeah, so anything to do with audio, I've probably, I've probably 
done it. Nice. Corey, did you want to go in next? Um, I mean, I was going to just expand on that. Like, what exactly is, like, your approach to different types of, of, of projects? So is there one that you favor over others? Are there ones that you're like, oh, yeah, I like doing this because... I mean, as far as like editing goes along, like there are certain things I enjoy doing from a creative standpoint and things I enjoy doing because they're quick. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing to do is promo and trailers. Okay. Um, and why is that, if you don't mind me asking you to yeah. expound upon that? Um, I mean, I, I've said this jokingly before is that I have the attention span of a gnat sometimes. <laughs> and so I like trailers because it's like, it's like doing the job of what is a movie in three minutes. Or if it's a 60-second trailer or whatever, it's like, and there's, you, it's a puzzle to me. I like mixing because it's a puzzle because it's not mixing, some people think it's like, oh, you're balancing all the elements. And it's, it's not really, you're not making sure that everything can be heard. You're making sure that the things that need to be heard are heard and knowing when that the things that you wouldn't expect to be heard, like mm -hmm. up sounds like... Dialogue, 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 hitting the music, hitting the sound effects. Okay, that comes up. Like, it's like, it's just this, it's a dance that I really yeah. like playing of like, okay, because you want the dialogue to be heard, but you also want to keep the dynamic of the, of the trailer going. Like, if it's, you know, pumping and like, for instance, a, a little bit of a flex, I got to mix the Halloween Kills International trailer. Nice. And as you can imagine, there was a lot of, and like, like stuff like ah, like uh, you know stuff like that. Where, <laughs> um, so yeah, shink, yeah, more, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we need to do ventriloquism uh, <laughs> as your next uh, nerds explain. Um, but be that guy from uh, Police Academy Four. Yeah, and so it's. <laughs> oh yeah, Police Academy. Yeah. Police Academy. Yeah. Um, so I mean I I really like mixing a lot. It's it is a puzzle for me and it it's it's a fast-paced environment too which I kind of thrive in. I when I went to audio school, I had one goal that was given to me like the first night and the teacher said be fast. And I just I really took that in and I learned all of the the shortcuts on the keyboard. Uh, to the point that I don't need the handy keyboard anymore. Like, mm -hmm. I just am like the one that has the shortcuts listed on the keys. Like, I remember the things that I need and I can go boop, 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 boop. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that some of my clients know me as is like, he gets shit done fast. Yeah. Um, because I, I know what I need to do. And now I've been doing it long enough that it's like, I kind of know, I can listen to something and go, okay, I, I know what I need, I'm going to need to do here. And sometimes it, doesn't work out and sometimes I learn from the circumstances um, so yeah I like I like mixing that was a long-winded answer to say I like audio mixing no but, I, but you you answered with like promo and trailers your yeah, favorite, favorite that's that's my I mean that's when I went to audio school that was the main thing that when I got out of school that's what I wanted to do right um, what do you think has been you know you you mentioned that really cool story where your your professor and teacher told you to be do shit fast and you really learned all the shorthand keys has it what has been another if you have uh, a professional experience where you got to really learn a lot more of the craft like a specific there, project yeah. or something like that um i mean i'm always like just like with acting you learn by doing and i when i got out of audio school i basically kind of dove in and i don't I don't recommend this for too long, but I do recommend it for at least a period of someone's career is to do, just do things. Do your friend's got a short film, do it. Friend's got a podcast, do it. Get the experience, get the, like you're learning your craft. You're Fail learning, fast, make the mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And you're learning how to, you're learning how to do the thing is mm -hmm. the, the, you're learning. And it's, you, you just, you have to get in there and get your hands dirty, so to speak. And so I just say, do the thing. Just, and tell people that you do it. That's the thing, like, it, part of being a freelance is networking. You have to really know how to, like, you don't, it's not about who knows, who you know. It's about who knows you. Mm -hmm. Right. Making it clear that, I made it incredibly clear to Facebook groups, my Facebook because now I live, since I lived in LA, it's like you 
bound to know somebody that makes films Mm -hmm. that needs what you do. Uh, There's a caveat to that. What I would say is it's just like, don't do it for too long because you deserve to be paid for your skills. And the thing that I will say and I will advocate for is that people need to invest more budget in the sound. Um, Can make or break. Yeah, it can make or the, the audio. I think this is now cliche by this point, but people have heard this phrase that the audio of a film is 50% or more of the experience of the film. And I guarantee you, you've watched something and you went, ooh, that sounds shitty. I'm not going to watch that. There's, yeah. there, it's probably happened where, and some people will make judgments on something and be like, oh man, that looks great, but it sounds like shit. Like that, that it's, it happens and it will make or break some projects and sometimes it doesn't, but uh, people deserve to be paid for, for it. And yeah. people should be budgeting in their films for that process because it takes a lot of hours too. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. No, I was just going to, I was agreeing with you. I think, uh, you know, if you can, I think it'd be cool to kind of break down a little bit of your processes. You don't have to go super deep of it, but yeah. your process of like, what's the difference between a promo to a trailer to a, to a, a to a film. short film to a podcast and all that stuff. Yeah. And what kind of like a, what would the process look? What would it day to be? I know it could go on for hours, but you know, for yeah. our listeners. I mean, it, I kind of have the same process for almost everything um, because they're all related. Uh, a podcast is essentially dialogue editing. Um, but essentially like if I'm working with, I mean, you know, firsthand experience, uh, somebody will reach out to me, (laughs) uh, somebody will reach out to me, say they want me to do this and I lay out my requirements and it's basically just like, okay, I'm going to need the script. I'm going to need a time coded version of the video. I say time coded so that I can be frame accurate in edits. Uh, if something happens on screen, I want to know what frame so I know that it's lined up. Because mm-hmm. we might want something that's like, no, time it to that frame, like that kind of thing. Time it to that cut. So it's like, boom, that sound effect ha- happens at that cut. Anyway. Uh, and then I want like a OMF or AAF of the project, the edited film. And what that is, is basically, I mean, Final Cut does it in a really bass backwards way, but Premiere, mm-hmm. it basically is a file type that has all of the elements, uh, the dialogue, the sound effects that the editor might have put in, any temp music, or if the if the music is in, it's it's in there, and it's given to me as individual elements. Everything's there, and then I can do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I have a template that I use almost across the board. Some things require different things, so I have different templates. But it's basically laid out, and I'm I'm really organized. And the reason being is that be fast, but also I want to be a ninja. Basically, I want people to ta- be able to take over my my session and know exactly what's going on. Because especially in, in post-production, you never know what's going to happen. You could finish this film, move on. And have to come back. And then have to come back to it. That's why I saved everything. My Dropbox is probably filled with, I still have all of your stuff mm-hmm. that I could, if you downloaded uh, Famish with Jeff Nimoy, yeah. I still have that. Later on, we had to create a 5.1 mix. In and case you like, had to make the, the case, snare cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Shout out to Weta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like I save everything just in case. Um, but yeah, I, I lay out everything. Uh, I stack it based on what I think is most important. So it would be uh, dialogue, music, sound effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I start on the dialogue. And this is with anything with, our, with Nerd On. I start with our voices before I start mixing Hi. the the outro, <laughs> the intro, any fun things that Tom and I think of, ooh, put that sound effect if we decide to do that. Um, but I start with the most important element in my mind that is the dialogue. And I, that's probably, because in today's world, what should happen in terms of post-production when, you're, when you have a studio, every, every single thing has its own person. Sure. There's a dialogue editor. Right. There's an ADR mic- mixer, uh, recordist. There's all those people have their own dro- job. Yeah. There's a Foley artist, Foley recorder. Those are all the ones that I, when I'm editing, I don't, I don't enjoy. I like building the story, but when it comes to like, yeah, now match up all the audio, I'm like, ooh. <sighs> uh, so, I mean, there's That's going to take me a month. <laughs> yeah. There's assistant editors. There's all that kind of stuff. And so, but for me, who's freelance, when somebody's like, gotta hey, be all the things. I gotta be all the things. And so there are some things, I mean, Foley just takes too long. So I don't ever, there are very few points where I'm like, I'm gonna do Foley for this because 
the scene doesn't make sense if I don't at least fill this in. It is fun though. It's fun. It's and, fun. And I have when you don't have to do it all the time. Yeah, like, yeah this will be fun. I have a terabyte of sound that that you've done. No, that oh. I was given. There's some that I've that I just couldn't find in my library, and I'll go into my kitchen and be like, I need this specific glass with ice in it, and I just wow. need to. Yep. I just need to twiddle it about. And I mean, Foley artists are much more exact. They'll watch something. I've gotten to see Foley sessions and it's really cool. I follow Foley artists on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Same. I've done a few for PAs here and there, but it's nothing like probably yeah. even what you've done. I'm like, oh, I need to yeah. I'm gonna hit the table. All right, that works for me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as that. Um, so the dialogue pass is basically just making sure that the dialogue sounds good. Um you're also looking for things that might need have been might need to be removed. Might need have been. Might need have been removed. Like even sometimes I've had it where you can still hear the director saying action mm. or cut. That's it or whatever. Um, you know, you go through and you put in room tone, which is just like if we stop talking, I'm not going to because I don't want to freak people out. But if you stop talking and you just listen to your room, that's room tone. Yeah. We'll do it for three seconds. Here we go. Three, two, one. There you go. That was it. That was, that room, was room tone. And that includes my AC going, any yep. sort of computers that are going, buzzing anything. of the fridge. Um, and so I'll, uh, Sometimes you know. Sometimes you got to turn the AC off. Yep. You got to remember to turn it off. Yeah, ex exactly. Like when I'm doing my, um, people can't see this. I have a uh, VO fort that I've created. When I'm doing any sort of VO stuff, I turn off my AC, even though the sound blankets are really, so, anyway. Just to, be, just to be safe. It, fix it yeah. in pre. Um, yeah. I will say, since getting to know you and, and working with you in a close capacity for the last, you know, four years and, and more so at, at 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 our day jobs, our fruit stands, uh, I will say I, I you've taught me to notice more things here and there. And even a recent film that we watched, uh, Halloween Kills, listening for those things that I, I wouldn't hear before, such as um, how the music was edited within that movie. And I don't, mm -hmm. we didn't really talk about this in the episode, but it was something that stood out to me. And I thought whoever mixed that the music in that really did justice to to the movie. I thought it was mixed really wonderfully, got these really rich bass tones, but it wasn't overpowering. Um, my question surrounding that, is there a a list or like a top three or even a, a, a favorite film of yours that when you think of how, how it's mixed or how it was handled, that kind of stands out to you? I mean, I'm always going to be an Edgar Wright shill. Okay. Um, I just, I love... I mean, especially All the sound effects in yeah, between and stuff. I mean, he yeah. he exaggerates regular moments, not just in the editing, but but also in the sound. Uh, I'll call them hard effects, like whooshes and hits and stuff like that. Camera, um, the sound of a camera pan, yeah. quote unquote. Like Living. when you hear, um, I laughed a little when when I was watching Halloween Kills because the moment that we talked about in the kitchen with the older couple. Um, He's pulling knives off of the wall. Yeah. And at one point, there was like a shink. And it was like, that probably wouldn't make that sound. But that's totally cool if it's you put yeah. it in there. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you're exaggerating things that it's like. Because everyone knows it. It's yeah, like every, you're, you're hijacking the brain a little bit. Yeah, there were a couple of more moments in that movie. But it was like, the shink the shink sound is a, is a fun sound to yeah. put for anything blade related. It's just <laughs> like, shink. Probably wouldn't make that, but. Kind of like God, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> kind of like when a when a gun gets weighed around, you always hear the yeah. You hear the, you hear the small clicks. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's there's sound that you just you wouldn't really in regular day life not notice. Yeah, you probably wouldn't even in all actuality probably wouldn't hear it. Yeah, but it's cool to bring them up mm -hmm. just to yeah. you know Foley is put such, them in the foreground a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Foley is such an interesting thing because it's like especially for things like sound effects or even fiddling with something people will go to the level of having that in there, even if it is so low in the mix that it's barely perceptible. Yeah. But I mean, you there. have a great setup in your house too. Yeah. And there's a lot of episodes, our, our fans are familiar, but for those of you, this may be your first episode. There's a lot of episodes where Josh will watch a movie in a theater and then he'll watch it at home and be like, man, when I watched it at home and I had my surround sound going on, there was shit in the background that I didn't even notice the yeah. first time. Okay, uh, I mean that's that's another part of mixing to talk about is that there's also creative surround sound mixing. Uh surround sound mixing you do have like with with stereo, you got two channels. You're either going left or right or somewhere in the middle. Man, and the Beatles really took liberties with those. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that that's one like, We'll get into that in a yeah, second, but anyway, continue, continue. Um, with surround sound mixing, you can do almost anything. And that's that's why I love but that I mean that's that's when your only job is to mix. 
Like you can play with that, that, that space, the, the sound field, you can play with it. That's why when I am watching something and I hear something go like, you know, it's just like, Oh, they use the, the, the panning or sometimes you can even hear it where they go from the, the front right to the back left. You're like, I felt that pass me. There's a moment in PA's uh, six that when I rewatched with you, I, I thought, I was like, man, Josh is going to be really proud of this. But I don't think I brought it up. I forgot to. But there's a moment where you hear hear Kevin outside it, and it's that sound effect. Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't remembered that I had panned it from left to yeah, right yeah. to go across the screen. And I was like, yeah. Josh would But it, it creates that. like a, because sound, you can really, Harmony, you can fuck with somebody's brain with yeah. sound. Like you can just, you can make, I mean, especially with horror movies, you can really mess with, with yeah. the experience of what you're seeing versus how you're feeling with sound. And for me, like not most of the projects that I've done 5.1, I don't get to really have that in depth, uh, time to even be able to do that much. But oftentimes I'm just putting the music in the back. Uh, it's the music is more of like a, that's one thing that I really atmospheric. Yeah. It's, it's like the music is not just here. It's just like, it's like, it's coming all around you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh. Um, without name dropping, I know, uh, to keep professional, uh, relationships intact. What have been one your best experiences, hmm. and then two your worst experiences? Besides Tom's film, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Besides Tom's film, um, and besides when you're going to work on a PA and, and you don't, two. Again, yeah. you don't have to say exactly as what, an actor and sound. So you don't have, no, we do have a part for you. I yeah, told you yeah, that before. You don't <laughs> have to say what it. You're it, playing it, a sound the, engineer. <laughs> the project it's, is. You could just say like what happened. Uh, so what was the best and what was the worst? I mean. I know worst right off the bat. It was one of my, and I hate to start with this, so but I'm going to end well, with I'm a good, positive. Good note, yeah. Uh, and I'll explain the the errors of the ways for this. Uh, the one of my first projects that I ever worked on. This was one of those things that's just like just do the thing, just do the work. Uh, this is one of those things where it's like, yes, do that, but make sure you take a step. Don't automatically say yes to projects. I had to learn that. Only recently, because I have been saying yes for so long that I just was like, oh, wait, I don't always have to say yes. This particular project I said yes to, no pay, but it was dialogue editing for a full feature. Mm. And again, this is early on in my career, and here's the problem. Filmmakers, filmmakers, when you pick a location, (laughs) make sure... That you bring your production audio mixer with you. The production audio mixer is the guy that will be, or lady, who will be the person, re- the person who will be recording the sound on set. Your actors mic'd up, the boom, whatever. Make sure that you bring them so that they can hear the space and to know what needs to be done, if anything, uh, to make sure that you get good quality dialogue, clean. Dialogue. Clean dialogue and everything. I was um I was ading on a set and uh, it was really rough because once everything was all set up, the cameras were ready to go, the gaffer all set up, all that stuff. We were in a network building, and this is a building that we hadn't shot out of, uh, and the we could hear a hissing, and we thought it was like the a- AC, and we were freaking out. We we're trying to get the building techs and stuff like that, and it's just one of those things. Like we own like the company I work for. It was like they own this building. So it's like, how do we not have a, a sound, you know, proof room or anything like that to shoot this like green screen set? And then we were just like freaking out, freaking out. And so it was like maybe it was coming from one of the cam- from the one of the lights and one of the internal fans turned on stuff like that. So it's just, it's very interesting, especially like and and one of the sound the sound guy that we had, his name is Stanley. He is like a G. He is like he has like a binder of every cable needed to hook up to anything and make sure that everyone could hear everything. So it's one of those things like yeah, like on the day you don't realize that actually the camera is going to be a lot of like dependent on like where you can shoot too because if you shoot in a place where you can't get any dialogue, then you're, you might be shooting a silent film. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'll say this: um, having my, my only experience because a lot of the stuff I make is with our own hands, like a very skeleton crew. Tom can attest to this on PAs and all the storyboard stuff. We're all doing everything. Um, but to work on Tom's film where you had a sound guy, and he was great. He was this really, is, really that, fantastic. That's, that's Josh's uh, recommendation, Pete. 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 Pete was wonderful. Yeah, I Pete's amazing. I really, really dug working with it. And it was such a, like, uh, weight off to know that, like, someone was actively listening. Because, like, right now I'm editing a sketch that's taken me a month longer than it should have. Because 
we forgot to cut. The laughs between Ooh. takes. Uh, you know, we can hear shirts on the takes and stuff like that. So it's, uh, to your point, for someone in the post world, that is such an, uh, a, a weight off for you, I'm assuming, if they bring their sound guy to yeah. the to the location, check it out. Then you know that you're also getting clean yeah. audio. Well, because, I mean, like I mentioned in my process, the first thing that I do is the dialogue, and that includes editing and cleaning up and all that kind of stuff. And that can even make or break my process in terms of how long it takes. May I, may I interrupt for a sec? Yeah. When you say editing the dialogue, are you um, matching to the in-camera audio or are you uh, just you mean mixing on a, on a mixing level, putting in the certain filters, limiters, compression, all that kind of stuff? It depends. I mean, before it gets to me, it is usually already matched up. Gotcha. At least I will I'm about say, say. How much can I pay you? <laughs> no. uh, it is literally, uh, oftentimes... Just so we sound. can explain what editing means for dialogue. Yeah, for dialogue. I mean, usually when it gets to me, it should be that the dialogue tracks are already stacked, uh, whether that is... And what I mean stacked is I mean that the whatever was recorded, oftentimes it's a lav, lavalier microphone that's boom. usually on body, or a boom. I don't always get that luxury. Um, oftentimes I, I prefer the boom, just because you can run into clothes, rustle. I have tools for that, but... They're not perfect. It's the only reason I invested in like a $200 onboard camera yeah. uh, mic because I was like, well, if the labs go, at least I have something because I can't also hold the boom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, the editing process is really sometimes deciding which my microphone. Sometimes it might be, um, let's say a scene. It's the same scene, but parts of it were filmed on different days. Uh, different circumstances. Right. Uh, different something room could tone. happen. Um, could be yeah, different daytime. Yeah, same place, different. Yeah, sound. different, different room tone, different sound. Uh, so sometimes it's mixing, it's editing them so one room tone goes from this one that's different to this one, and you don't hear. You're not noticing. You're not noticing, and there might be backgrounds which might be the the sound of the city behind them or outside their window or that's, fucking crickets yeah fucking that's crickets, my man. bane of my existence for every night <laughs> show you ever had or or like i mean i think there's there's also ways in editing that you can make it like uh, apparent right i mean that also comes down to the direction but then at that point you're not matching it because you just have to amplify it so if you're going from like suburbs and i was like let's take the train <laughs> train goes by yeah, very and edgar right yeah you have a different location and yeah. it's okay to not have that fully blend yeah mm-hmm. and you can actually you can you can design based on issues. You can, like, something that happened in Famish, there was some sort of hissing going on. Uh, they they lost their production mixer on, like, the last day of shooting for some reason. Mm. I don't remember. And the person that replaced it wasn't as educated in the process sure. or trained in the process. And so some of the scenes are clearly filmed on that day, and there was a lot going on. And so sometimes you can read the screen and... That's my, it's not, I was taught by a, one of my teachers that read the screen is you're watching the film actively while you're doing what you're doing because there might be something up there on the movie that'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. And one scene in particular, it was really, there was really something bad going on, but there's a fountain in the background. Mm. <laughs> I can. Is it amazing to you how some sounds can just cut to a, it, like it, like it sounds like it's in the microphone, even though they're like it's all the way in the background, though. Yeah, and so, so continue. Sorry. Basically, what I did was I just was like, well, it's there. I'm just gonna get the sound effect of a fountain and just really pump it up a little bit. So it's like, oh, it makes sense. It's there and oh, hide saying, some of the hiss. Yeah, well, yeah you're well, you're not. Yeah, you're you're not masking it. Yeah, you're, you're not masking. Well, you're, yeah, you're you're kind of bringing it forward to kind of have it hide in plain sight. Yeah. yeah. And so to answer your question about this one project, it oh, yeah, they didn't sorry. <laughs> they didn't have the production mixer come and listen. It's a massive warehouse. Where do you think the film took place? Uh, Inside a car. And they had a car parked in the middle of a warehouse. They broke out all the windows. So the dialogue just sounds like it's in a warehouse. Oh, no. So in a warehouse. All the echoes and all that. They didn't mic the car. They just. Yeah, they. it was a lot of reverb. And that's one of the. There are tools for it. Shout out to Isotope RX. Hmm. Such a good noise reduction, de-clicking, de-reverbing. It's an amazing thing. Uh, but um, 
Yeah, de-reverbing is probably one of the hardest things because you have early reflections and you have post-reflections. Reverb is it, a strange beast. This was a feature film. It was a feature film. And so how long does a normal feature film take with dialogue versus how long did this take with the, with the dialogue? I mean, just because there's what it should take and what it takes. Mm -hmm. I mean, me... Something I, like that. How long would it normally take and how long did it actually take? I mean, it, it should take a couple of days, a few days for somebody to... That's all they're doing. Um, for this, it could take a week more. Mm. Like, it just but that's all I'm focusing on. When I'm doing full post-production, like, oftentimes I'm given time. a, I'm given a time frame too of like, hey, we need this back by this time, which, not, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, because they always wanted faster. I, yeah. I, I've had to deal with that before. And Good, fast, cheap. Pick two. Yeah. It's a real thing. That is a real thing. Um, <laughs> I just thought of one cut. I'm so sorry. Tom and I had a look and I was like, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so I mean, like normally what I'll do is I, I have to work fast. And so I just, I, I move through and then like, I'm kind of mixing as I go to speed up the process. So it's like, oh, I know I'm going to do this. I know I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And I'm trying to, cause it's harder. Like with a, I talked about legal loudness, um, Films for me are a little bit harder because you're talking about the legal loudness of the whole thing. A trailer, I can just run it and play it. Mm -hmm. A minute isn't long to wait for the number. Yeah. A movie, like I always like to make sure I have a few passes of it. A few passes, I mean, that I've watched this thing all the way through many times. And I'm making sure by the time the sound ends, it's at the legal place that I want it. Right. And right, I've gotten right, right. to a place with my, my with, kind of intuitively in a way in my template, I've gotten to a place where it's kind of like, I know where things need to hit the meters that by the end of the movie, I'm like, it's going to be either really close or dead on. <laughs> um, so, and there, I had a movie recently where I was like, it ended and it was dead on. And I was like, <laughs> I'm fucking good at my job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, best ones are CF honestly, best. the best ones are when people, they come to the table knowing their shit and respecting the craft. Realistic um, expectations. Are realistic expectations. Nice. Uh, Jeff Nimoy is one of those. And people. passionate, I'm assuming. Yeah, you, if you, you don't have to name it. <laughs> no, well, um, the good ones we name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But does that help when when, when someone <laughs> when someone comes to the table? Obviously, the realistic expectations are nice or like respecting yeah. the craft. But does that? Do you ever find like something like Jeff Nimoy or like Tom's projects where they're passionate about it? It also kind of spurs your own passion for yeah, it. Yeah, I asked a friend of mine. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was going to take on a project and it wasn't going to be paid. And I asked a friend of mine who does this a, for a living. And I said, do you ever do anything for free? And he was like, it really depends on who I am. Because you have to ask yourself, like, I'm doing this something with somebody who's, who's really passionate about this project. And when when I take on a project, it's not just collecting a paycheck for me. My name is going into those credits. For sure. So I have partial ownership of this project. And that's how I view it. So I invest myself into something and it becomes not just their baby, it becomes mine. So I want it to sound good and I want it to be represented wherever it's going to go in a great light. You can't half-ass it. No, I can't half-ass it. And so, um, I mean, Jeff Nimoy is a classic example where I heard the first cut and I was like, I can't. I can't let you. I took on. I love you too much. I love to you let too you. <laughs> much to let you, because I know how passionate you are about this, and and you know the this story behind it, and, and yeah. So I I volunteered to do a full a feature film, and he tells the story. But I volunteered to to do his film for free. Um, but yeah, so the the good examples are people that come to the table with good expectations. They know that they're not paying you what they should. Right. That when people know, there are people that come to the table that there was a meme that was posted recently that they were like $50 client versus $5,000 client yep. and what they, how they speak to you. Yeah. And it's very, very, it is, it's a real thing that people don't, they just don't I'll, I'll The studio that uh, we work at uh, here and there, part-time, mm -hmm. uh, is that kind of mentality of like, they go above and beyond to make sure that we're happy there providing whether it's lunches or what I remember the first day that I, I worked there 
uh, one of my bosses was like, look, if anyone's giving you a hard time, just get me. Like, you're not here for that. We want you to make sure that you're happy here. Like, if we can't provide in some way, we'll provide in another way. And that's always go- gone above and beyond for me rather than, than a paycheck. We had some managers at our, at our day job who like, legit, I don't think we got paid enough to do a lot of the stuff we had to deal with. I think, you know, I definitely should go to therapy for some of the people I had to deal <laughs> with. Uh, but there were certain managers who understood that. And it's a, um, it was explained to me, I don't know the ins and outs of this, so maybe someone in psychology or within the management practice knows this, um, but it was just, I'm going to give a shout out to Miguel by name because I think he's one of the greatest managers I've ever had. And he had, he goes, there's two types of leaders. There's the uh, kind of one who tells you what to do. And then there's what he was, which is called the subservient leader, which is how can I support you to make sure your job is done well? Not how can you support me so our team works well? And, and uh I just find that there's something to that that um, makes me then want to also work as hard as they are. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, you're good. There. Uh, as uh, an, an ex ROTC person who has studied leadership things, that's wrong. There's no. There's not two. There's multiple ones. But I'm really sure, glad that but he, maybe he, there were, maybe he was talking. There's yeah, two in this yeah, store. Yeah, he he was he was giving you that that ideology just so that you understood his playing right. field because more than likely the others. Fell into the other category. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, but yeah. Are, I, I when when I heard that, it's 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 been something I've now you know when you hear it, there's sometimes those moments where you're like I've heard this song and now I'm hearing it everywhere. It's that kind of thing. Once it was like opened up to me that subservient leadership is a type of thing. Uh, well, I, I, I would, definitely found it affects me in that way of like not not necessarily like subservient leadership in every every role, but like that that feeling of like yo, I we're people and I know I can't provide. Yeah. A, I like a million when somebody comes to a project with honesty. Yeah. And it's yeah. uh the way that I think about it but is we'll a feed cooperation. You. We'll, you know. Yeah, it's I I always think that cooperation is always going to trump competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're working together to make this the, the saying on my website is my passion is to help others bring their passion to life and in high, in high quality. Because mm. I think everybody, especially in today's world, everybody deserves to make the things in their mind that they, these creative endeavors that they have and have them sound and look good. Yeah. Like that's in my, my brain. I'm like, you can, that's fucking, you can have that. Let's do it. Yeah. You can let's do it. Let's, let's do it. I'll figure it out. Uh, Jeff Nimoy always speaks. My, my um, praises me for a particular scene in this movie that I made sound good. That sounded like crap. Mm-hmm. Cause there was a giant refrigerator behind the actors. Nice. And oh. with, with today's, I think you talked about it on our episode. That in the bathroom scene, he said that you saved. In today's world, there are so many, and it was just updated. There's RX-9 now, an isotope. It's basically what it is, is a noise reduction software that you can run on things. And as simple as just removing a simple hiss to removing massive things. There was one time that we did an episode where, I can't remember, I think it was a helicopter that flew over my house while we were recording. <laughs> and Tom just like jokingly was like, hey, do you, do you think that can be removed? And I removed it. And it was yeah. just the, the tools are there. The, and it's just like, sorry, Arnold. Is yes, that sorry, real? Arnold. Like, because there's so much, I have like four hours of footage of us in PA just being like, hold. Yeah, I mean, it's like within reason. Right. I mean, like, uh, there's some things that you're like, Nah, that's staying there. I want to touch on one thing real quick that we started to dive into when I mentioned the Beatles using their left and right audio. And you seem to get excited about that a little bit because we haven't talked about mixing music at all. Yeah. Which is a a passion of yours. For those who don't know, uh, Josh is a musician, a very talented one. It has his own CD out there. Check it out. Uh, But uh, I wanted to know what what kind of, what sparked some joy in you from that that comment. I mean, I was thinking specifically of um, Paul McCartney's, there's a song, can't think of, what it's called. He's done plenty of songs, but yeah. He's done a lot of songs, uh, but there's one particular that he plays definitely with the sound field in terms of it starting in one of your ears. And then all of a sudden when the song kicks in, it's in both ears. Yeah. And a lot of Beatles stuff too that they they played with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I feel like they're, I mean, they're not the first band to do it. They're not the last, but I feel like there's something they effectively did that for some reason when people talk about that, they always talk about the Beatles. Yeah, because I think, I mean, even if you watch I'm really looking forward to that new um, documentary that's coming out. Mm-hmm. But they they really, they they played. And that's one thing that I'll say even about post-production. Music is a little bit different in terms of like, it seems like, no, they're the same. Creativity is is abound and welcomes of like, 
even with promo where there's sometimes where I'll be like, hey, I want to try something. I want to delay this from this year to this year and just like see what happens. That remember, fucking worked. So that's a piece of advice you would give is remember yeah. to play. Yeah, remember to play. Um, like with music, it's just, it's, there's so many things that you can do with music and and you just you get to play. I mean, distortion is from somebody going, I'm going to try this. Mm-hmm. See what happens. Yeah. And now we have distortion in everything. Now, yeah. now all a squid game, right? All the yeah. voices. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. As Sorry. we're as we're getting towards like the tail end of it, um, and no, it's not you, Josh. You are infamously known for someone who loves lists, who loves making top lists. Um, so I just want you to actually not have oh, a that's list a joke because I hate it. He hates it. <laughs> yeah. um, I want you to just go prattle off of like I actually love making yeah. top lists um, of some of the things that you would want people to uh, experience and and listen to and watch and observe uh, of what things that you felt are like the good like uh, what like makes standards good uh, mixing audio like, mixing. And- obviously, you said Edgar Wright. If you want to mention any particular one films, I know. Remember an episode when we did The Last Jedi. You talked about the clicking on the the Force Island, yes. or like the Holdo ship maneuver thing. The, a- the absence of sound is also remember yeah, that that's, that's also part of it. Well, I mean, it's it's it takes a it takes some balls mm-hmm. to not do sound, mm-hmm. like because I mean, bra oh, quiet place. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean that is some balls. I mean that is just like the sound of metal recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, mad, baby, they, when they. When they mess with, because that's what I love, specifically with Sound of Metal, I loved how they they tried to embrace the character's world mm-hmm. in terms of how, it's not how the audience hears it, it's how the character hears it, mm-hmm. or not. And so you got to participate that in as, Same as, with Quiet as, much, Place, yeah. Yeah, as much as you could. I mean, obviously… Being a person that can hear, it's like I can't. I can only imagine. One of my, as an audio engineer, one of my fears is like when I hear a high pitched squeal in my ears, I'm like, "Shut up! I need to hear this. I yeah. need to know what's at." Okay, cool. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always get sad when I hear the when I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, it, and I go, "Oh, I'm never gonna hear that again." Because <laughs> apparently they, they one of the folk I've not I've no basis for this, but the folklore is that that's called a swan sound, and it means that you're losing that pitch in your ear mm. for the last time. And I do not know that. And then it fades out, and you're like, "Oh, I'll never hear that frequency anymore." Well, I mean, I do remember uh, the mosquito ringtone, and then the higher it went up, the in the older people you over were, thirty couldn't you hear, hear this specific and, things. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh man, I, I'm starting to get to the point. Where I'm like, oh, I used to be able to hear that. Um, I mean, I loved obviously Saving Private Ryan. They kind of I can't, I don't know for certain if this is the first time, but it's the first time that I liken it to is it's what I call the shell shock. It was a, for the, you could say first time on a big screen in yeah. know, a huge way. You you hear the Massive scale. Yeah. A, an explosion goes off and you get the deafening of the sound where it's muffled and you get the high pitched squeal. I've used that. I'm just like, oh, I'm going to try that. There's a, there's a horror movie that I did recently where my friend Buzz was like, hey, just try to make this uncomfortable. And Man. that with no sound, I I sent that to him, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, you you right." Uh, <laughs> wow, I, uh, I I like first of all that you, most of your list so far is people playing. Like it really is not the normal like. Yeah. What are great things to look for in audio? Oh well, a mix like this. It's really your, your shout outs are the risks that people have taken, which I really I mean, respect. Even, uh, I mean, I know that they're not particularly great movies, but the sound design in Transformer movies, it's like I feel like they introduced yeah the. Well, like they, they really I mean, introduce for what it's worth Marvel and DC movies as well have great yeah. fun the, the recent Godzilla movies what yeah. they do for the, the wom- scales wom- yeah wom- wom- I just I every time yeah. I hear that I'm like oh but like uh, to, my your, face. to your point with Transformers <laughs> you know before it's just that's it normally in the cartoon but then yeah. this you got to hear each like individual a, part it was like a it was, I, remember, I remember I mean but like, I, like like you said I remember hearing Iron Man's uh, uh, arc reactor arc reactor for the first Anytime time I mean like <gasps> Whoa. And anytime, now that's in my memory forever. Anytime I hear a um a monster sound. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're I this is Back for Blood, a recent video game. Mm. I mean, some of their creature sounds, I remember I remember noticing it the in the sleepers. beta. The sleepers sound just like clickers from The Last of Us. And it's just like it gets your mind going of like, I wonder how they 
That, that the things that make you go, I wonder how they did that. I'll say this, Josh. Uh, Dustin and I have played through because we we promised we would play through once with each other, and then we're we're going to play with other people. Yeah, but You'll those see other sleepers, people. those sleepers, we will po- we will like stop and we'll yeah. just be like, okay, yeah, there's one here. But the, where it's is the it? same in video games. Like that's the thing that I want to bring up too is that it's this this just a lot of the ask. same things apply in video games because there are. I only got to take but one even, class. But even video more games. so, right? Because you're yeah. trying to give clues. I I would also say you guys are talking about back, back for blood. I don't know why you guys are not talking about the hag. The hag yeah. is the worst. Yeah, fuck the hag. I got eaten um, the first time. Yeah, um, um, but it's it's like the witch, right? You hear from far away. So yeah, it's giving them the clues. Video games, you sound, I think, even more because there's it's an atmospheric too, especially with you also have modern day gear that like. I have a pair of 7.1 headphones that I can play with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, immersive audio is a part of consoles now. Body audio. Uh, and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, like, with video games, I only got to take one video game sound class, so I can't speak a lot to it. But the software that they use, and I don't even remember the name of it, it's basically just, like, you're, you, you're creating a world, like, that I would love. I don't necessarily want to do it, but sometimes it's really fun to just sit in on the sessions. I just mm-hmm. want to watch somebody do it of like, oh, that's really cool. Because like when I did it, it was like, okay, this is your character. Here's the 3D space. You can program it so that when your character hits this place on the grid, it cues this sound effect. I mean, that was 10 years ago. So we've probably surpassed. I would just love to see it of like, because there's, that is, I mean, there's, I so bet we can reach to out to some folks and and get a do like a behind the scenes just blog to see that even. like yeah exactly um yeah so video games are a thing that I'm just like wow um yeah oh, yeah uh, some more movies I I think it would be interesting for people just like a, as just like a a movie watcher myself is to watch older movies sure 80s movies even beyond that even Going back to like singing in the rain, singing in the rain, man, like, like that's uh, all about music, sound. <laughs> music man, just older movies, eighties sci-fi especially. I would recommend for but audio. Watch movies through the ages, yeah, mm-hmm. and just notice, yeah, and just notice what they were doing and what they do now, and what they were doing and what they're still doing. And I, I'll and say how this: loud it's not. this is my yeah. at least my opinion. What helped me notice first these these types of things and these sound cues that you've taught me to to over the years kind of pick up on is horror films, yeah. um, which I think use them in my opinion, uh, the most, right? Yeah. Because it's another sense that they can attack in a sense, quote unquote. Um, do you find that to be, to be true as well? If you're, if you're looking to kind of get into a little more sound thing, watch, make sure you watch some horror films. Yeah, I think, I mean, some of the times that I've learned the most is when I've been working it. For the longest time, the joke with my friends is that I refuse to work on horror movies. Mm-hmm. Reason being is that when you're watching some, when you're working on something post-production, you're looking at it, watching it, listening to it for hours, for days. Over and over and over and over. Over and over and over. And it just got to, like, like for me, focusing on my own mental health, I was like, I don't, I don't want to sure. need to see that. Now I'm a little bit more opening where, op- open where I'm like, nah, let's bring it on. Let's play. Uh, because I think horror films, you get a lot of chance to play. Right. Like That's you, was, that was my point. Yeah, you yeah. get a lot of chance to play in terms of like, I worked on one, a horror short uh, a couple of years ago and the director didn't really he was like I kind of want the monster to sound like this have at it is that the one we watched? I believe so I think you showed it to us after like didn't in the win? apartment? no that's a different no. one yeah it's a different okay. one okay because that was great uh, yeah but horror <laughs> movies are like you You can oh no that's uh, that's the one where I played with silence gotcha uh, need yeah. anything that uh, was super fun yeah um, but like with that it's just like okay I'm gonna say it's just like the the cliche of talking about like the uh, Jurassic Park and the the mm, T Rex mm-hmm. of like what would happen if I stacked this a with lion this? an elephant yeah. uh you know yeah what would happen rhinoceros and it's just like, oh that's they... cool or like oh that doesn't work or whatever it's just like it's a lot or of even playing. the concept of knowing that they took an elephant sound and like stretched it mm-hmm. it's not necessarily just the the sound of an elephant like oh what if we just Pitch that down a little bit. Stretch this here. Yeah, I think they did the same thing with the uh, Top Gun because uh, the editor she said it was like too boring, and so she added like lion roars and stuff like that. Too. Yeah, uh, sometimes it's just like sometimes you're like oh, I'm just gonna feeling. and to think outside the box in terms of foley, like mm-hmm. you, like specifically with Jeff uh, Famish, there's a there's a point where the 
the character is playing with one of those those cameras that you wind. Disposable. Like, dis- disposable like Nick camera. Frost. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I didn't have one of those. And I was like, what makes that? And I happen to have a lighter. And I did that. And it sounds very much the same. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, okay, thinking outside the box. And then just, just piece with- that together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as, as we wind down to it, uh, and, and, and it finished up the show, uh, what are, I mean, I think the interesting thing we we've talked about how important your craft is and how important it is to all storytelling as well, you know, all media and all forms are, are there any people that you know of that also do the things that you do that you want to shout out? So the listeners can kind of like start, you know, could study them, do you you have know, favorites? like masters of it all. I, I mean, besides the Edgar Wright films, check I mean, those honestly, out. I, I, I always feel terrible in doing this, but I, I don't. I don't have names. I don't have. It's the teams because, are pretty large. If you look at a sound well, team on a film I, yeah. or something, I feel yeah. like it kind of also says a story too. That like you know, it's sadly that you know, like the, there's always some reverence towards a director, producer, writer, but yeah. then all the much teams, like stuntmen. Yeah, you know, stuntmen or, or who the, who the camera operators are because they're the ones who are also helping a lot too. So it's yeah. I think that's it's we're negative. we're in a place now where we're only starting to get recognition for editors and dps which is which is amazing yeah. to me because like i i i don't i'm not discrediting directors or actors or anything like that but without a, an editor or a dp you really don't have a movie you have a play yeah yeah i mean when it comes to for i mean shout out to the individuals that do it i for personally when i go see a film i'm just i'm looking at the whole thing mm-hmm. and i should yeah. i should as an audio engineer focus on like who who did that you shouldn't um, have to do anything yeah that's true um i was wondering if since this is a new format do we want to like end with like pieces of advice or yeah. stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah. Like, rattle off some I, advice and we'll wrap it up i i uh one thing i would say is the most important one of the most important th- things for new and continuing I really think this applies to any job, but specifically in audio. Learn how to take feedback with grace. Mm. Notes and feedback are going to happen. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad mixer, editor. It's not speaking on your ability to do the thing. I learned early on in my career, I had a much more fragile ego. And when I got feedback, it was very personal to me. I felt like I was being attacked until I realized that it had nothing to do with my ability as a mixer. It just, they wanted it to sound different. Reference. You're working on it, like we've said throughout this episode, movies, podcasts, whatever you're working on is a cooperation. It's a team effort. Everybody's working towards making this thing sound the best that it can or to even that the director's vision is coming through. Mm-hmm. And if you receive notes, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It just means that these are changes that they want. Um, but also, the rule of improv, yes and, applies here too. Yeah. Like when you receive notes, I, I'm always, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Let, let, let's, let's try that. Yeah. And I might try this too. You know, it's like, that's probably the, my number one yeah. piece of advice is awesome. to learn how to, because knowing your craft is going to come with time. I, I, I would say that whatever program you use, I use Pro Tools. I'm an expert certified in Pro Tools. Learn your program inside and out. Know where everything is. It's going to change because they'll update it and redesign it. Learn that. Gotta love when they do that in the middle of an edit. Yeah. I've learned to be like, no, yeah. uh, I'm going to wait. <laughs> I don't automatically update my my stuff. Uh, every time I do an operating system upgrade, I hold my breath. I'm like, because the industry, especially film industry, one company's like, hey, we're going to change this. And the other company's like, oh, wait, we are. T- <laughs> Please don't do that. Like Apple changed their chips recently and it took the audio industry like a year to catch up. Wow. Because it was like, wow, like my one of my audio interfaces still isn't compatible with the new chips. Uh, I don't have that computer, thankfully, because I didn't know. I was like, oh, I'll get this thing. And I'm glad that I didn't get the. I got the old chip. Anyway, um, know your stuff. Know you know, learn, learn your program that you work in so you can be fast because I you will keep clients if you're fast. It, people will be like, oh, it was good and it was fast. Um. Awesome. Know your value. Yeah. 
That'll, that'll be my that'll be my last thing. Hell yeah. Know your value. Thank you, Josh. Josh, this was so informative. I You're welcome. It. I'm this glad. I hope I hope you got out of it. I feel know. like there's so much to cover, but like, but if, I mean, that's where like a part two of this comes in. I, yeah. think, I think that's the fun thing about this new format is that like you know people do ask us. You know, you mentioned it on our streams, and 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 we had a one one update episode where someone was like, I want you guys to talk about this stuff more often. Yeah. Um, and this I'll reach all- out to the nation and see if we can field some questions after this yeah, episode too. Exactly. And uh, yeah, that might be a fun thing to do for future versions of this. Of like, mm-hmm. hey, we got a question from part one. Yeah. That we're gonna answer in this one. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even though this is a talk show and we're having we're doing a podcast like this is a dialogue with our audience so please be involved and be part of the conversation feel free to comment or send us a dm or join our discord if there are specific questions because i mean there's uh, absolutely uh i don't mean to like self-aggrandize or hype make something bigger than it is or anything like that. But there's a lot to cover when we're talking about post-production audio. We went very general with this. This, yes, is, very, this is incredibly very general. general. Like For reasons. A couple like, specifics. Like, yeah, I, I am more than, I've always been happy to, like you even recently were like, hey, how do you do that one thing? And it's like, oh, you're going to do this? You're yeah. going to do this? You could tell them what it was. Stack this. Uh, Corey was like, hey, what's that thing when the music drops out and I forget how you worded the it. The reverb continues. The, yeah, and the, I was like, oh, it's a it's a drop drop out and yeah. reverb tail. So like in a trailer where they'll, they'll hit the end of a, uh, the part of a song, Ba-dum. but it's not necessarily the end of the song. Mm-hmm. And if you were just to cut the audio there, it would be a hard cut. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do you extend that I feel a like that bit? happens a lot in the uh, Last Night in Soho trailer. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And he showed me, and it was yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, it was, it's it's actually it's like one of the first things that you learned. I learned. In I remember ten percent of it, but eh. there you go. Next time you'll practice you'll, makes you'll, perfect. You'll remember yeah. twenty, and then yep. you just keep doing it ten more yeah. times. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Sing us out, Josh. Everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. Uh, like I said, feel free to reach out. We're always open to questions. The the Discord is for that. Uh, if you join the Nerd on Nation, uh, you get kind of the inside scoop on a lot of things and you can have direct access to us and other members of the NerdOn Nation. Hell so check yeah. that out, nerdon.tv backslash Patreon. Check it. I, I can't speak highly enough about the Discord. It keeps growing and it's such a cool group of people that are just always talking about different stuff and it's, I mean, the food that's posted there is just evil. But I mean, we're also talking about, you know, sh- movies and shows we haven't covered yet. Yeah, you know, exactly. So. so, and you can make recommendations over there too. All that, all that good stuff. So check it out. Nerdon.tv backslash Discord. I say this a million times, and I'm gonna say a million one. Stop by, rate, and review us, please. Oh that God, is, please. That is how. <laughs> that is how independent uh, podcasters like us grow. We are award winning now. Yes, and amazing. And we'll read off your comments and review. Uh, yeah. uh, if you give us a five star review, baby. Uh, but yeah, it's incredibly important to share us with your friends, your family, and rate and review because people make decisions based off the stars that they see under our name. So check it out. Uh, check out our website, nerdon.tv. It has all of this information that I've just spewed out. So check it out. We appreciate you all. Take care of yourselves. You know the drill. As always, Nerd on. Ending broadcast.